welcome to Currency Shift, the podcast where we showcase and share insights from first, only, and the disruptive. These are people who are creating new lanes and carving new paths for women, people of color, and diversity and inclusion. My name is Shade Simone. Let's get started. On today's show, we have Cindy King. Miss King graduated from Colby College and launched her career in sales, which was inspired by her husband, David King's lectures 30 years ago. She went on to sell for creative agencies as managing partner of an international branding consultancy and as business development executive. She did this for several other strategic branding and marketing communications firms. As co-owner of CFW Careers, she has become full circle and has great joy of collaborating with a team of terrific women and involving and growing the firm. She also has a signature program that she collaborates with one of her colleagues called Changing the Conversation, which is passionately committed to continuing the work that David King begun when he founded the firm for Careers for Women in 1973. Yep. All right. So we have Cindy in the house. <laughs> Let's cheers. Do our little ceremony. Cheers. Clank, cheers, clank. Cheers. Take a clank, little clank. sip, sip. Mm. Mm. Refreshing. Delicious, refreshing. Good for us. We're doing water today. It is. Uh, because we found out that in New York, you can't buy alcohol until noon. Mm-hmm. So we're going to rock out on this Sunday. So just a note, Sundays, no liquor until noon, <laughs> which is really upsetting because they, they sell it all night. What's going on? <laughs> all right. Let's get started with the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being on the Currency Chef podcast and really trusting me to help get the story out of your husband, David King. Yeah. Yes. That, that, is, that is what I love to do more than anything else. Excellent. So we have Cindy King, and she is doing something super, super important right now in the industry. And she's been doing it for over 45 years, her and her husband and her team. Uh, she focuses on careers for women. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. And, and so our firm was founded as Careers for Women by my husband, David King, um, 45 years ago, April 1973. Um, and, uh, we were founded as both, uh, a, uh, career school mm-hmm. to educate women about careers and careers specifically in sales, um, and a placement agency. Um, through the years, um, we have endured and evolved. Um, and today we are, um, a recruiting and talent consulting firm. Uh-huh. Um, placing in equal measures men and women as CFW careers. Um, so this is sort of an uh, evolution that took place uh, organically. Uh-huh. We are a boutique uh, recruiting and talent consulting firm with an awesome team of um, about seven of us. Um, and um, co- my co-owner is Rachel Finant fassler Mm-hmm. And um, uh, together with our team, we are doing some pretty great work with companies, giving them great sales talent and helping them grow their teams. Okay, excellent. Like I like that you guys have expanded to the male side as well, which is really good. Uh, tell us – let's take like 10 steps back mm. because now that we have a good understanding of what you – 
and your company does right now. Like, let's go back to when you first started. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that like even meeting your husband for the first time before he was your husband? Uh, like, okay. what was it about you that said, okay, I like this guy and this is it <laughs> for me? That That is a special part of the story. So actually, I have not been part of the firm for 45 years. Um, I am I am sort of this uh, this current chapter, mm-hmm. though um, my connection began much earlier. So David had founded the firm in 1973 and had created this huge stir as um, the man who believed in saleswomen, the man who believed um, that – and at this point, it was rocking a lot of boats mm-hmm. – believed that – a woman could actually sell. Yes. And not only that, and actually what's so significant is he believed that women could sell better than men. That's what was that's truly a, That's a strong true. statement. It was, it was a strong say, statement. Say that, for, yeah. say that again yeah. first. The, the best salesman in the world isn't a man at all. Yeah. She's a woman. And um, so that's sort of what was making headlines. And my husband was very good um, with actually an awesome team in the beginning, making some great headlines. Um, and what he meant by that was that all the things that made a woman really good as a mother, a teacher, a mm-hmm. nurse, everything we know and love about women, great listening skills, relationship building skills, um, empathy mm-hmm. could make a woman – even better than men at selling. Mm-hmm. Now, this was what's sort of hard is you've got to flash back to 1973 when there were virtually no women in right. media sales. And it was coming off of the civil rights movement as well. Absolutely. And women's rights. And significantly during um, the enactment of the Equal Opportunity Law, mm-hmm. uh, which involves sort of putting some more teeth in that law as far as litigation around uh, the need to hire equally. So there was this momentum going on um, and a time of change, you know, is, you know, so – uh, so David made these statements and then started consulting with companies like J&J and Prudential and Merrill Lynch and others around diversifying their sales teams. They felt a lot of these companies were starting to feel like, hmm, maybe we need to get with it. We need to take a look at this. That's true. How did he handle a lot of the pushback? Because I imagine there was a lot of pushback that he was given from these major firms. Yeah. Like what did he do to push through and actually like stand tall and help push the movement forward. Right. It was hard. Uh, I mean, it was it was hard, and yet it, some of these things came so naturally to David. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see him speak, he is just this charismatic speaker, this unique thinker. And so part of it was his believing in it yes. and being incredibly persuasive. But there were moments like when he was meeting with the head of HR from uh, one of the major television companies and um, – the head of HR said to David, I just want you to know, I think that what you're saying and doing around women in sales is awesome. And I'd like to hire 10 of them. And David's eyes lit up and he said, wow. really? He said, that's great. And then the head of HR said, yeah, he said, they just need to have um, 10 years of experience. <laughs> and David said, well, none of them have any experience. And the guy just shrugged his shoulders. And so that's really what led David not just to seek to place women in these jobs because mm-hmm. that just sort of wasn't happening, but to found us as a career school. So we were part of your mission. We yes. were educating. So David actually in our apartment – um, people would walk up 54 stairs mm-hmm. to our apartment, pack 
the living room as a classroom at night. Mm -hmm. And David and others um, would educate women about not only that they could sell, that they could believe in themselves, they were capable of this, but how to assess what would be a good sales job, how to take an interview, and – how how to sell. There were modules that David produced around media sales, the nomenclature, mm-hmm. how to do it, how to um, how to do the business lunch, um, all the different components that they'd need. So this was essentially doing training mm-hmm. and ramp up that would help convince prospective employers that a woman who had never officially sold could step into that job and do it. And David did this also with some companies like Essence Magazine where Mm -hmm. he actually created specifically a training module with the head of sales and then hired the whole whole team. team. Um, So it was really – so the overcoming the objection was about almost a training and training component, um, sort of fast starting Mm -hmm. uh, women in sales. So that was – part of it. But then, so David had career school. People were packing the room, creating a stir, media coverage happening. Mm-hmm. So 1980, I graduated from college yes. as an English major and um, without a real great sense of direction. And I went into public relations mm-hmm. and I came to New York and I ended up having this moment of epiphany, realizing that I was not particularly good at that. <laughs> and it was just, and then I, 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 trying to figure out what I would be good at. And um, a great uncle of mine who had done very well in business in the city said to me, well, everything you're saying you like doing, mm-hmm. presenting, connecting people, fearlessly getting on the phone and calling somebody. He said, it's sales. And I said, oh, I, I don't think so. I, I was an English major and I yeah. really don't think it was sales. And he was the one who explained to me there are line jobs and staff jobs. Line jobs mm-hmm. are the jobs that directly impact the bottom line and where your efforts and contributions are quantifiable, mm-hmm. which is also great for women, as David had been noting, yes. because nobody can refute when you bring in that sale. That's true. So I thought about that and doing what I did do pretty well. I started networking and connecting. Mm-hmm. And a woman from Xerox and the sales team at Xerox said to me, you're a woman, you're interested in sales, you should call David King. Oh, wow. And so um, this is about 12 years after he had founded the firm. Um, I called and he said, yes, 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 we have these seminars, you should attend. So I attended the seminars mm-hmm. and I, like probably many other women who came through, developed <laughs> this mad crush on David, yeah. and um, which actually ended up going unrequited for about 20 years. Oh, wow. And um, But we stayed in touch. He was a sort of mentor mm-hmm. um, and gave me advice along the way. Um, and, uh, I actually ended up hiring somebody through Careers for Women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then fast forward to 2001, I had turned to him for advice again. I had taken him out for dinner to yes. really get a lot of advice. And it was over dinner that night that we both fell in love and Aww. ultimately got married. And then I begged him to let me come play for the home team. And yeah. I joined the firm. Oh, wow. So, like, this is great. It's showing how you went from uh English major in college to thinking you were going to like PR, public relations, and then you end up transitioning into sales. But what 
what were your childhood aspirations? Like, what were you originally going for? All, all I know is that <laughs> actually it was unclear. <laughs> it was unclear. I knew having studied abroad, I had thought something international. Yes. And that actually played into my later sales career where I did get to do things mm-hmm. internationally. But um, I think I just I wasn't – I really wasn't sure. I was a bit overwhelmed by the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um when I graduated from school, my mother asked me what I was going to be doing. Yeah. I said, I do not know. I just know it's not going to be sales, which, of course, I came to eat my words. But all what I do know yes. is that sitting in the classroom, listening to David, mm-hmm. I experienced what so many other women and then later men did, but these early on women, which was listening to this description of what sales was and thinking – I I could do that. Yes. Oh, I know how to. And I could make how much money? <laughs> and um, it was just awesome to realize that. And when I got my first sales job, which actually was not working with David. He was sort mm-hmm. of the one that opened my eyes to it. But I was working for a design firm, an industrial design firm. And when I made my first cold call mm-hmm. and I scored the meeting – and I made my first sale with Apple Computer. Yes. Um, I, it was just the most heavenly feeling in the world. That feeling of coming to a place where you feel like you're really good at something. And there's nothing better than that. So one of the things that I really, really like about what read about Mr. King is that he really pushed women to seek their independence and their wealth. Like I have a quote um, that he said. He said, I think the next great step and the women's movement will be the economic step. Every woman should have a career. Every woman should have her own money. As long as you have to ask someone for your money, you cannot be independent and you cannot be equal. And when you become economically equal, you will have then also become socially, sexually, and psychologically equal as well. It's my the brilliance of David King and the way that he expressed these things, um, which were uh, truly significant and remain and remain significant um, in terms of um, that uh, these are things that I think we sometimes forget mm-hmm. even today yeah. um, that um, just how empowering it can be. Um, mm-hmm. To earn your own money and to have the joy of doing those things. But imagine those words during an era when such a, a, a higher percentage of women didn't have careers. Yes. You know, I think it's also the difference between just a job mm-hmm. and a career and building wealth and building a sense of yourself. Let's dig into that because a lot of our listeners um, may not understand that there is a difference between having a job versus having a career. Mm-hmm. A lot of us enter the workforce as saying, oh, okay, this is my job for right now, and not understanding that a job isn't the only thing that you can make money on. You actually want to build that wealth from a career and assets. So tell us a little bit about how you differentiate between the job and career. Right. Yeah, a job is a more transactional thing. Mm-hmm. You can call a job a job. But, um, man, we spend the majority of our lives in in the workplace right. and doing this work. 
And so I think what we're all looking for is meaning. Mm-hmm. We're looking for something that's not just a job, right. but where there's that joy and that pleasure from the people that you connect with in the workplace mm-hmm. and from what you're doing, that it's not just getting a paycheck, but on some level, some way, it's making a difference, even if it's making a difference from the way you're handling a customer or a client. Yes. Um, you know, it's also – all about career planning, which is, um, David King likes to say, <laughs> you want to think about your career like a chess player, all right. more than one move in advance. Mm-hmm. The reason why you do that is it's smart strategy because it means that you're considering your career story and your resume mm-hmm. so that if you take that job, what, how will that read? On your resume, where will that lead you a year, two years, three years down the road? Mm. And how does it set you up for the job after that? Because you want to make life easier versus harder for yourself in terms of maximizing the number of job opportunities that are available to you, um, opening up the maximum amount mm-hmm. of opportunities, and also maximizing your earning power because – Money isn't everything, but it buys you choices. Exactly. And say say that say that again for everyone, yeah. so that they really understand yeah. what we're talking about here. Say com- that again. Com- compellingly so. Um, so, money isn't everything, but money buys you choices. Yes. It gives you choices, yes. and that's critical. I mean, whether it's like it gives you the choice to donate money to a good cause, mm-hmm. or it just gives you money to relieve stress on your family. Um, it's, it's important. It's also important to consider. And that's, again, the strategic thinking about what are you doing with, um, you know, the, this, this capital, this currency of your mm-hmm. life and your career so that you are maximizing where that takes you mm-hmm. in your life. That's true. Let's talk about that a little bit. You talked about, uh, family and stress. Uh, what, do you do to really manage? Because your organization, your firm, it does a lot, right? right? And you're working with a lot of women and a lot of um, potential careers are in your hands. Yes. Like, what do you do to kind of maintain that balance with your mental health or like help with stress in general? And it is it is our team. Mm-hmm. It is our team that makes all the difference. And actually, if I can do a flat a little fast forward or mm-hmm. um, transitioning. So, because this is an important part of the story. Okay. Um, from when David founded the firm, suddenly there was this transitioning where women told men about what they could learn and this was a go-to place for sales jobs. Yeah. So we'd be transitioned over the years to 50% men and women, working with everyone from recent college grads up to mm-hmm. senior level executives, placing them in sales jobs. And I think the feeling that was reached probably about 15, 20 years ago was – so everybody everybody knows that women can sell. Yes. And now we're sort of this sort of uh, careers for women and men and as people said <laughs> at that time. And, um, and so uh, – that was, you know, the firm was was a good placement agency by the time that I joined. Mm-hmm. And then something very special happened, which was, and again, we've talked about there's both a measure of luck, mm-hmm. chance, and uh, the right thing happening. Um, <laughs> Rachel Finant-Fassler came to work for us while she was in grad school, mm-hmm. heard a lot of 
great NYU grad school undergrads to work for us part-time. And so Rachel worked for us while she was in grad school getting her counseling degree Mm -hmm. and then left us. And then she'd come back to the city and had a conversation with her. And I just saw in her – these great strengths. Uh, she was always part of her family business. She understood business operations. She understood counseling. And I could see, I just knew she was a great manager and her strengths were greater than and different from mine. Mm-hmm. And I asked her to come back yeah. and to run careers team. And she did. And, um, she is just this, my dearest friend and an awesome manager. And, um, so she leads careers team mm-hmm. and freeing me up to do what I really love doing, which is selling and helping yes. to bring in business and have selected relationships and be present for my husband, David. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so as far as the stress question, <laughs> there will always be stress. There will always be stress in sales yes. and recruiting. And sometimes it is like super stressful and there's just way too much in the week, mm-hmm. but. We, we, we love each other so much. We just have such an awesome team and they're all, it is this team of about, I guess, six or seven of us and they are all just awesome women and they are smart and warm and hip and likable. They're just great. And so we help each other over those times and we remember to not just work really hard, but we celebrate our successes every week, mm-hmm. um, often with a celebratory toast at the end of the week. And um, it is doing it together and seeing how we're supporting each other mm-hmm. um, that makes all the difference. So, Okay. And what ways do you guys celebrate? Like what are some of the ways that you guys find time to like do the team building but also celebrate some of the small wins just as much as the big wins? Yeah. Like what do you guys do for the small wins? So the small wins. You know, it, it is for me um, – yeah, I think some of it is just the pausing along the way. Yeah. And, um, there is just, it's everything from our virtual Slack channel, mm-hmm. uh, with the virtual high fives to, um, you know, I think just the way we feel working together mm-hmm. that, uh, again, just makes it good coming into work in the morning. And so that is always there. I think the other component of this, and I don't, I don't want to preempt you, but yeah. I also want to fit in the other side of this, which is so, super relevant this week, which yeah. is part of the challenge and the success and everything else, which is mm-hmm. changing the conversation. Yeah. Can I talk about that? Yeah, talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, so um, about three and a half years ago, uh, Rachel and I came together with a good friend of our firm, Maria Simon. Mm-hmm. And we all really wanted to do something um, focused on women. So it's almost coming back to yeah. where David began the firm as Careers for Women. Mm-hmm. It was also so much in sync with what's going on in the world and the tenor of the times. Mm-hmm. And um, so we uh, founded Careers for Women. It's our women's initiative, uh, which is – uh, with the stated mission of helping advance women mm-hmm. uh, toward leadership – uh, with the goal of ach- achieving 50% women in leadership. And so we do a series of panel events, discussions, um, and um, all focused on this, mm-hmm. which began by inspiring women about other women's careers, but um, has um, uh, we're really putting teeth in it at this point right. in terms of taking on the challenges and issues that are holding women back in their careers. Mm-hmm. And um, – 
and talking to that and providing everybody who comes to the, these events with some strong takeaways about what to do about it. And one of the things that came to mind when you said, when you said that is your husband, he had a tip that you guys have on the website that I just love. It says, don't be afraid. Don't let fear reroute your life. Absolutely. All right. And I'll say that again for everybody. Don't let fear reroute your life, yeah. which is, which is really, really important, especially since you're having the sessions on changing the conversations, right? Because a lot of times there are men that just don't know how to speak about what's going on in the, in the right. industry with women, right? So let's, let's talk a little bit about you guys are essentially titled first and disruptive as far as like with the podcast. But one of the big elements is social currency mm -hmm. and social currency is building social networks to gain access, influence, resources and networking in the digital space that affects a person online and offline. With with the firm, what are you guys doing to maintain relevance on social media and what platforms are you guys really using to like build those relationships and connect with others? Do you know our it's we all we each bring different strengths to the team and different components. Yes. I think right now our team is probably rolling their eyes a bit that I am answering this question because I'm probably <laughs> the least fluent about this. Um, you know, I think that as far as our marketing strategy, which actually we have an awesome consultant working with us right now in terms of just continuing to look at our brand strategy, how we're getting the word out, yeah. um, how we really are capturing, because it is it's creating that social currency and that network, but it's also what's super important about that is the way that we're as powerfully as possible expressing who we are today mm -hmm. with this resonance back to who we've been, you know, the authenticity of, mm -hmm. you know, our story and, and the way we began through David right. to where we are today, which encompasses not just careers, careers and sales, but it is about um, helping people advance their careers mm -hmm. um, uh, and the way that impacts their lives, helping people build their teams, right. the way that impacts companies, and the way layered on top of that, there's this diversity and inclusion component, mm -hmm. which is not only it's the right thing to do. And the way in which we play into that in terms of the work that we're doing across the board. So we're, we're messaging across um, Instagram and through um, blog posts, um, this you know, ongoing speaking to the topic of both careers and women careers. Yes. And um, so really speaking out on the issues and seeking to be thought leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and then beyond that, it is really the community that we create through changing the conversation. Mm -hmm. So that literally the platform is where we'll be the Get Out Nexus for male allies in the workplace post Me Too, yes. where we are – our platform is the Stage at App Nexus and we have this great panel um, coming together, two men, two women, mm -hmm. to talk about the fear that men have post Me Too. Um, and how we've got to work beyond that um, for men to work with women, women to work with men, to advance women in the workplace mm -hmm. um, and um, to continue to move forward. So, you know, that's the other essential component, which is, you know, our social currency, our, our you know, power is 
the network that we create by the people's lives that we're touching and the companies that we're touching right. through the recruiting yes. and the consulting business. Mm -hmm. But it's then this other really interesting piece mm -hmm. of the way live we bring people together mm -hmm. and connecting people, introducing mentors and mentees and facilitating introductions. Exactly. And really being part of the conversation, which is what you're doing so significantly through your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. I had a guest, his name was Clayton Banks on the show, um, the founder and CEO of, well, the co-founder and CEO of Silicon Harlem. Mm -hmm. And his big thing is access, access for everyone, right? And I think when it comes to social currency, that's essentially what you're providing that's a key is access to a person that can help you long term with your career or to help you with a project or to help you with a speaking engagement. Right. It's you connecting those people and building those relationships. Which is it's it's interesting. We mm -hmm. we think about what's the future of our firm? Where do we go into the future? And that's one of the things we've been thinking about and grappling with because at this point with a recruiter or a consultant, it's a one-on-one yeah. -on -one relationship. So people find through us, our firm, our recruiting company has a, a different model yes. than other recruiters. It's sort of antithetical to the big transactional recruiting companies. So instead mm -hmm. of accept, reject, or you write for this job, everybody who connects with us and our team mm -hmm. has this very different experience because the team's not commissioned. Mm. We work collaboratively on behalf of the individuals we engage with. And we don't just seek to put them in a job. We seek yeah. to listen to them and figure out where are they going in their lives and their careers. Mm -hmm. And while we can't place everyone, giving them good career advice and counsel, which is awesome. And people come back to us again and again throughout their careers and refer others. Right. And we have similar relationships with our clients where there is this close working relationship. At the same time, um, it is that other level of community that I think we all want to do something more around that. And if it's mm -hmm. women's retreats in the future, if it's a mentoring program, there's something else there. But it's it's also good to have something else there that you've got to figure out and take yeah, on. Yeah, it keeps, it keeps the company moving forward. You know, you're always uh, building and rebranding and, like, moving yeah. forward. Yes. Uh, this is a question that I ask every guest on the show because I think it's really important to really think about uh, who's actually influenced you and how your experiences have shaped you now. Mm. And so what advice would you place on the post-it? Like of all the advice you've heard, of all the advice that you've given and that you've kind of uh, created for yourself, what would be one piece of advice that you would write on a little post-it and stick on your desk? It is the advice that I have so much trouble following, and I, I've been told this, and it's been reinforced uh, most recently by my dear friend and co-owner, Rachel Finant Vassler, which is trust yourself. We trust you, mm -hmm. and I have so much difficulty doing that. Say, say that again because that's huge. That's a huge, huge, yeah. huge aspect of confidence yeah. as well. It is. It is from – two sides. It is trust yourself. Mm -hmm. And then it's also hearing in your head that person who knows you, likes you, believes in you saying, I trust you. I trust you. Mm -hmm. I trust you to make this decision. I trust you to make the right call. Mm -hmm. And why, why do you think that's important? Um, because um, 
Because fear holds you back so much in terms of um, not being sure that you can do it, not being sure that you can do what somebody else hasn't done, or just you know not being sure if um, you're you're going to do this right or screw up or not be perfect. And it's okay. It's also okay to to screw up. But I like even more the message of trust you. I trust you. I like that. I like that. So now. We're dropping gems over here. I love, I love that trust your and trust yourself, and then hearing I trust you. It it does make a difference when you're trying to switch your mindset from a negative to a positive yeah. in the workplace or outside of the workplace, which is is good. Uh, we've come to a point where we have our speed round. Right. This is something that I get really excited about. It's weird okay. why I get so excited about this. I don't know. Um, but basically, I'll ask you a question. And the first thing that comes to mind, and it's an open question, so it's whatever you, however you feel and however you want to respond. Mm. All right. What gets you out of bed? Working with our team. The joy of that. You really love your team. I do. Like, makes, I do. This is a good advertising. Like, I want to work on your team, y'all. We've heard it's that like before from a lot of Unicorns people. and rainbows. <laughs> All right. Favorite band? I'm sorry? A favorite band. Favorite band? Oh, that is a bad Probably, I'm so old. It so doesn't <laughs> matter. We have listeners of it's, all levels. It, it, um, is the Beatles. The Beatles. Everybody it knows is. the Beatles. I know. Yeah, well, that's so, good. I, <laughs> Mine is Queen. I absolutely okay. love Queen, so I'm okay. excited okay. to see their movie. For, for, for me, it's filled with just the Beatles' is just the memories of a certain era. Yeah. yeah. All right. Favorite drink? Ah, uh, Manhattan, and in particular, a Maker's Mark bourbon, Manhattan. Nice. Mm. Nice. Dark liquor. Yes. Nice. Role models. Uh, it's, I'm, I, I'm torn there. It's, it's actually – um, it's just different people for different reasons. It's my husband, David, because of what he did. Mm-hmm. It's Rachel because of what I see in her every day. And it is everybody around me. I'm sorry to get to the advertisement. <laughs> Honest to God, it's true. It's genuine. And it is, it is so amazing to be surrounded as you've talked about. Yes. To be, to see the people who are closest to you, who you're not just close to them because you like them. Yes. You're close to them because they inspire you and they stretch you and they make you feel like, wow, that is so impressive. I want to try doing that too. Nice. Luxury item. Ah, uh, gosh. Um, M.M. Lafleur clothing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Favorite food? Uh, it's probably cheese. Um, a great aged goat cheese to go with a nice bottle of wine. Wow. Okay. Mm. Goat cheese and a bottle of wine. Mm. Nice. Favorite country to visit? Uh, France, Paris, absolutely. For the no cheese question. and wine? Yeah. And it's also, it's, I was told once that I lived there in a past life, and I love yes. thinking that. Mm. Love it, love it. Best way to give back? Uh, through um, what you give to another person, giving them confidence and caring. I like that. What you give to another person. Say that again. What you give to another person, confidence and caring. Love it. Retirement place. Uh, probably, probably Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What? Really? 
<laughs> I grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania, and I love New York, and I always thought I'd be here forever. Yeah. But um, I, I am just finding it is the coolest community ever. It is it is rural, but it is uh, great art scene, great place, great culture, and it is um, doing great bipartisan work to make a difference in the community, which is super important. Fair enough. I, I had a bet going on in my head that you were going to say France. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have. But, you know, it's about community and connectedness, and my family's back there. So True. Understood. Cartoon. Man. I do not know. Uh, I, uh, cartoon. Yes, cartoon. I haven't looked at a cartoon for so long. I don't. I don't have an answer to that. I have nothing top of mind. I, I, Anything from when you were younger that I you was really loved? Gosh, what did I love? Um, you know, I, I, I was like Archie cartoons. Or yes. Like okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Archie. That was yeah. a good cartoon. Yes. I, I love cartoons like all like okay. Rocky and Bullwinkle, the Squares, yes. like everything. Yes. All right, drama. Drama as far as what in what medium? Whatever. Drama is what medium. Um, Tina, it is it, – it, it's just this litany of different films that, that I see that change your perspective. And mm-hmm. it is always just according to the latest film and the, so the drama – actually the drama that's <laughs> most troubling and most significant and most important to be engaged in is the drama going on in the White House right now. Ah, uh, yeah. all right. And Got it is it. the worst and it is dark, but it is um, so important we find ways to play through this drama. It's like real life scary. It is like, real life scary. <laughs> yeah, scary, virtual scary. reality. Yeah, it's, it's a reality TV show. Yes. Know. All right, comedy. Comedy. Um, gosh, Com- my favorite comedy is um, the people who make me laugh the most, who includes my brother. Yes. And uh, just makes me laugh so much uh, that, yeah, that's the best form of humor and comedy. Yeah. All right. And then what is happiness? <sighs> Being at peace with life, wherever it is at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Just being able to just let it be. That's, to me, happiness. Very good. There's a song out there that is, it talks about that. I'm not going to sing it because my voice is horrible. Yeah, mine too. But <laughs> but it it has that same message. Whatever will be, let it be. Yeah. I like that. That is a Beatles tune. That is a good. Yeah. Right yeah. Let Excellent. It be. Is there anything that you would like the listeners to know at yeah. all? Just, um that uh, reach out to me. You know, if you're thinking through your career, if you're thinking through, um, you know, taking on, um, you know, things in your workplace in terms of trying to build a good team or figuring out things about the culture in your company, Uh reach out to us, reach out to me and to us. We want to hear about it. All right, perfect. Well, thank you for being on the show. This was tons of fun. I it was agree. it was like a great little dance <laughs> um, over here. So don't forget yeah. to follow and to connect. Yeah. What's the best way for people to follow and connect with you? Yeah, I don't have the handle for Instagram <laughs> handy, but if you reach out through CFW Careers and if you go on our site for CFW Careers, um, there are connections throughout it, both to my email address and to the team. And um, thank you for everything that you're doing through your cause and this podcast because it just um, is super important. And um, 
And so thank you for being an important voice and having me on. No problem. I'm going to pull up your Instagram handle for you. Oh, thank you. Because that's, <laughs> that's important. Yes. Um, for everybody to, to follow and connect. Uh, just to make sure. I think it's CFW Careers. I think that you're right as well. Um, on Instagram. Yes. So follow them and connect with them on LinkedIn as well so that they can see what your background is Thank and you. Like, help you with your careers. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Currency Shift, go to currencyshiftnow.com. If you feel as though you fit the criteria as the first, the only, or the disruptive, send us an email, info at currencyshiftnow.com. Until next time, keep pushing, stay motivated, and stay encouraged.